Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details yep yep get old boys is back and reloaded all in your mind yeah now deep throated this is for the streets the real the railroaded the disenfranchised the truth the scapegoated and they know it we speak the truth so they quote it because we wrote it the north south the east coast is the gb not we keeping your head bobbing it ain't no stopping and once the beat drops in violins the system is so corrupt they throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us it's gb don't get it twisted on cold and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits it's Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. Reloaded. Reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, Sergeant Kendall Cobb, former Sergeant Kendall Cobb. How y'all doing? Man. We're good, man. Do, do you feel the same? Do you feel the same way that like uh ex- Ball players feel when you've done something <laughs> for so long and you got to retire, you got to face that retirement, and now it's time. The to question move is, on. did you stand up there and cry? Did was you crying? No, nah, okay, that's, that's good. funny you say that. So, good question. Um, no, I didn't cry. Let me okay. tell you why. So, I've always known the day was coming when I came on 92. I said, I'm leaving, I'm doing 30 years. This year was 30 years, so I've always had it in my mind. And I never like grew up wanting to police. So this is, I mean, I'm glad I did it. Thank God for it. You know, HPD's allowed me to feed my family and do my thing, but bro, I'm, I'm ready to turn the page and keep really? it moving. But really? no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, my identity don't wasn't it. all, no, because my identity wasn't all HPD. My, my identity is like helping people, which I'm still going to continue to do. It's just, I'm doing it in a different capacity. So, uh, okay. you know, I, I, you know it, it served its purpose. I'm cool with it, but it's yeah. time to move on. That's a young man's game. So right. back, back, back in the, yeah. you, the early nineties, man, um, when when you had just got with the force, did you notice that a lot of um, a lot of profiling going on, like pulling kids up? Like you 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 witnessed this? What you mean back in the nineties? You talking about like, yesterday? I'm, ta- I'm talking about, about today. It. No, I'm talking about <laughs> look, look. So here's the thing. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm in my neighborhood. Yes, sir. And I'm in a a a, a red Ferrari uh five twelve. Yes, sir. I'm doing the speed limit. I'm chilling. Bubblegum, come on. Right. 
All right, I got my shotgun over in my, you know how we used to ride with the shotgun on the mm-hmm. passenger side? So he pulled me over. He make me get out the car. He uh he asked me, could I search the car? I tell him no. He called the dogs. He, you know, he just really, really went to the extreme. Excellent, excellent, right. You know, and this is my neighborhood. And then some black cops that I actually know was pulling up. And it was like, man, he could, he ain't, he ain't, they, 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 he didn't want to hear that. It, I was doing something wrong. I had drugs on me. Right. And I could, I could, I could honestly say that I have been a target of profiling back in the nineties for a long time. But I think that now that I'm older, excuse me, they don't really pull me over and target me. No more. <laughs> yeah. For real. Well, well, that's 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 because you're older. They see what you see. They they know who you are. So they hitting the when they get behind you, they hit it. Ah, oh, he's seventy five years old. <laughs> The guy's, the guy's harmless. <laughs> leave him, leave him alone. He ain't got long. There's some truth to that. The bottom line is, listen, so back to what you're saying, I mean, the Delaware State deal the other day told y'all stuff still get profiled. And again, they didn't, the Delaware State state thing in Georgia, it wasn't like they knew who it was, but once they got on, saw who it was, they were very extra with how they went about it. But nonetheless, back in the 90s, yeah, profiling was going on. Profile still goes on to, to a degree. Um, it's not so much because we have to put our, um, we, have, we have to put a racial, racial profiling card in every traffic stop. Say that again? We, okay, we, uh, you have to put stop, a racial yeah, profiling to, card? Yes, there's a there's an electronic card. So basically, and again, I just let it go last month. So up until the up until a month ago, when I did my stops, I don't do stops very often. You got to be doing something crazy for me to stop you. But I'll still stop you. And even I, as a supervisor, had to put in a racial profiling card. Basically, it's a demographic card saying, you know, who'd you stop? Where'd you stop them? You know, what's the demographic of the person, race, uh, sex? And then um, did you know this prior to all the different aspects? And that helps track people who were racially profiling people. So, so, but let me just, again, I got a thousand stories. I need them. I want to hear them all. I've been stopped throughout my career. And I know it was racially profiled. I mean, I really? know. I, I couldn't. I couldn't make this up. If I wanted to. Come on. So you want your quick story? Yes, yeah, so I want to hear all it. the stories. Uh, you kidding well, me? Uh, we'd be here at six o'clock. So listen. So I used to work juvenile division. We worked night shift. So there's a subway like at Holcomb near the medical center. Okay. So it was my night to do the food run. You know, I'm going. I'm getting food for everybody. So I go to subway. Were you in uniform? No. Okay. No. I'm plain clothes, but I'm in a police raid jacket and I'm in an unmarked car. So. So somebody blow my phone up. So I come out of subway with the food. I'm about to make a U-turn on Hulk and whatever it was to get back to the station. Mm-hmm. Our station's off Macau. Okay. Juvenile's mm-hmm. located at 300 Macau. So um, I'm sitting at a, I'm stopped at a traffic light, waiting for the light to turn. So I made the U. Uh, constable is going the opposite way. So he passes me. I look at him. He looks at me. Precinct uh, seven. Uh, I don't know what precinct it was. It was right there in that area. So maybe precinct one. I don't know. I can't tell okay, you precinct okay. at the time, but it was constable. So so he looks at me and he. He turns around and gets behind me. Now he's going the opposite way. He he makes the rolls right meeting and gets behind me. I said, wait for my light to turn. So my light turns, I make the U, he makes the U and pops me. As soon as he pops me, I pull and I shouldn't have done this, but this is like 97, 96, 97. I immediately went to the first driveway and I jumped out the car. And I shouldn't have done that, but I don't I, I, I was so incensed because I'm like, dude, I wasn't even moving. You can't say I did. Can you curse here? Hell okay, yeah. all right. Goddamn right. right. I wasn't doing shit. Why are you? I mean, he got behind me, and I didn't think, I'm like, yeah, he's certainly gonna pop me. As soon as I made the U, he popped me. I jump out the car, I'm in my ray jacket. I'm like, what? And I went up to him immediately, and he's like, oh, oh, no, it was, and he went some lie about it was some uh, cars broken into or whatever. He, 
he reached out of his ass to make that excuse. But the bottom line is, once he saw me jump out in my raid jacket, and I'm like, hey, motherfucker, if you look at the plate, you know, you're so hell-bent on who you saw driving. If you take the time to look at the plate, it's a Texas-exempt plate. That should be a clue. Texas-exempt plate, law enforcement, or some governmental agency. That alone should, that exempt plate should, should spark you that, hey, this isn't, you know, Brother USA or whatever. Even if I am Brother USA, what did I do? I'm stationary at a stoplight waiting for the light to turn. So it wasn't like he could say I did something. When he got behind me, I still hadn't moved because the light had yet to turn. So I, that's that's one quick story. So again, he went to the, uh, been some break-ins, man. And I just, I just walked off. I'm like, man, get out of here. And I just went, I could have taken it further and like, you know, supervisor stuff. But at that time I was an officer. So I let it ride. Damn. <clears throat> Let's go back to your humble beginnings, man. Like, I want to know, like, what inspired you to want to be a police officer? But even be before you get there, I want to know more specifically who who put it into you that say that I want to have a different lifestyle, you know, and, and where did you come from? Where, where were you? Where were you raised? OK, so I'm from outside Detroit, Michigan, metropolitan area, Westland, Michigan, outside Inkster, Westland, just outside Detroit. So when you fly into Detroit, you fly, Detroit. when you fly into Detroit Metro at Romulus, I'm right next to Romulus. You like my three miles from the airport. Mm -hmm. So um, I grew up outside there, went to Catholic schools. So I, you know, I sheltered in that regard. So what made me want to police? That's funny. Again, I, I didn't grow up wanting to police. I went to Tuskegee for veterinary medicine. But I went I went there with the mindset of chasing skirts instead of chasing my grades. So I get piss poor grades. So therefore, you don't get accepted to vet school if you have piss poor grades. So therefore, I didn't make it to vet school. So graduate, got an Air Force ROTC because Tuskegee has an Air Force ROTC program. Went through that deal, um, was in Vandenberg Air Force Base in California, did not do well. Very academically challenging. So I washed out of that. And then I came here because my brother lived here. He still does, but he lived in Pearland at the time. So I came here and I was doing um, credit card collections. <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so at that time, I look for a job. You know, got this degree, can't really use it. So Teach for America, I don't know if y'all familiar with Teach for America. You got a degree? Animal science. Animal husbandry. Okay. Yeah. So um, Teach for America, if y'all heard of it before, started in 1990. I just check out a Princeton Wendy Cop KOPP started this program where it got these corporations to fund all these people who are recent college grads who didn't teach but wanted to teach didn't didn't have de <clears throat> degrees in teaching but wanted to teach so it took five hundred of us we went to USC's campus trained and went every all four different locations around the country um, North Carolina rural North Carolina rural um, Louisiana and then LA and New York and I chose New York so I'm in New York City doing my thing. Teaching, loving what I'm doing. Hated New York, but I love my kids. Hated New York. What yeah, part of New York you were you in? New York? <sighs> too fast, too rude, too dirty. I was in Brooklyn. I was living in Brooklyn. So I lived in Park Slope, but I taught in Bed-Stuy. So I would take the little, my little train and you know go to do it at Bed-Stuy. And I love my kids. I love I love teaching, but I hated New York because it was just too fast for me and too... I, I, I didn't like it. No nature. Anyway, so while I was teaching, Rodney King happened. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. So, so when Rodney King happened, I said, man, you know, this is messed up. I watched the tape like everybody else did. And I was like the enforcer for my school. In other words, you know, very few male teachers in uh, middle schools. I was at junior high school, 248, which is, you know, right off uh, the heart of Bed-Stuy. So 
they come to me and, hey, Mr. Cobb, you need to, you know, talk to whomever. And I'd have young men stay afterwards, talk to them, try to mentor, give them some guidance because, you know, they run around footloose, fancy free. So I'm like, man, let me go ahead and try and give them some insight. So from that kind of put me in that mode of, hey, let me try and help. But when Rodney King happened, I said, man, wait a minute. Police department, black community. I'm black and I'm black, black. So I'm like, let me get in here and make a difference. So that's, that's, that planned to seed. So I taught one, is a two-year uh, commitment. I taught one year in New York, then I was supposed to come down here for the second year. And the lady who down here in Houston, oh, yeah, promised me all this stuff. But when I got down here, she's like, oh, I didn't ever told you that. So she sold me out. So I had to find a job on my own, and that's yeah. why I went to Fleming. I went and talked okay. to Mr. Chester Smith. He was the principal at Fleming. Well, you went to Fleming? No, I went by it. You went? <laughs> <laughs> I went by it, so I taught, I taught. You know, my niece teaches at Fleming. Really? Yeah. Okay, wow. so I was there. Like I said, this is like 91. So I'm, I'm teaching Fleming. Mr. Smith gave me an opportunity. And at the same time, I applied for Harris County, and I applied for HBD, not knowing the difference. I didn't know. I'm not from here, so I didn't know. First of all, I didn't know what a constable was, because we don't have constables in Michigan. So I'm like, so whoever called me first is who I was going with, and HBD called me first. So while I was teaching, I started my little background check, and then... I didn't even finish that year out. I, do, I taught like three quarters of the year and that class started. So I told Mr. Smith, I said, thank you for the opportunity, but department's calling. I got the six month academy. I got to go. And he was like, no, nah, thank you for, you know, doing what you did in the time frame. Cause I was again, trying to talk to the young men, you know, talk. I talked to young ladies too, but I really focus on young men. Cause you know, don't, you don't want to cause no, Hey, you know, no people look at you crazy right, while you talk right, to young ladies. Right, so you got to right. keep your distance in that regard. But I definitely, did my thing with young men, trying to like just direct them and put them in the right path. And again, I'm not the answer. I tell people I'm an answer. Okay. I'm not. Right. I'm not the final say. I'm not right. the word, the black word of life for black police. I'm just telling right. you, I'm giving you what I learned in 55 years on this earth, and I like think I got a level, even kill approach to it. Who sparked that learning uh, hunger in you from the beginning? Your mother, your my father. My mom, uh, 38 year teacher. 38-year so, yeah. teacher. Yeah, yeah. So and, she and, taught and, and what are some of the lessons that coming up, like, that you learned from your mom that you said, ma'am, that you're still taking with you, you carry to this day? You, uh, accountability is big. Like, I'm really big on, mm -hmm. you know, owning what you do, good, bad, happy, or sad, you know, and, and, and being, and to give back. You know, you know, the classic saying, you blessed to be a blessing. That's mm -hmm. my stuff for real. And that's not like some little thing to put on a bumper sticker. That's my stuff for real. I'm like, I'm like, whatever I got, you know, and I came from the classic two parent household, whatever. I'm like, I got that. So if I can help recreate that, because I think it turned out cool for me. So let me, let me jump ship real quick. So I'm jumping straight to my first year of uh, HPD. So I'm in, I saw a park. 14th district. Now mm -hmm. I rode solo. Yeah, I rode solo. So and everybody you, know. and you was a rookie mm -hmm. in South Park. Yes, sir. In solo. the nineties. Solo. Oh no. Solo. Not, yes, sir. Not good. No, it wasn't. Go so, ahead. Hey, God, babies and fools, right? So, yeah. So um, that's that goes back to that right rabbit story. So anyway, so um, I'm doing my thing, and um, of course, my number one place, my number one call for service was 1111 MLK. Everybody know that Orleans Apartments. So get a lot of calls there. So what? had what made a big impression on my mind early on and still affects me now you mm -hmm. know in terms of where i want to go with stuff so the number one call i would get is mom being beaten by boyfriend mm. never husband no no never this always boyfriend followed shortly by my mom's boyfriend touching kid but the main no. thing oh, that pff, really dude, that's cl clearly number two 
That's like actually it's one and one A. But what's the first thing? Mom catching catching hands that's, from that, that boyfriend. That was most of the call. That's that the number one call I would ever get. And the, ever. Se- and the second call was mom's boyfriend doing something with the kids. And doing something like sexual assault? Yes, yes. Like, like That's the second most call you get? That I came across. Now, understand this. I'm 14th District and a night shift. So I I didn't pull my numbers for like, you know, the, the crime reports for the for the year per uh, whatever category. You know, crimes have categories. Right. But I'm telling you, I, I'm i 14th District, night shift, and that was my calls. Assault, domestic abuse by boyfriend or mom. Followed by boyfriend doing something sexual to the boys and the girls. So let's not get it twisted. To the boys, stop. So not so not boyfriend so, boys. So it's boyfriend, not husband. Never not, husband. We yeah. never. That's what I'm trying to right. tell you. Wow. Never husband. And to me, that anyway, I got a whole Something nother soliloquy on that about the whole marriage thing and us in marriage. But nonetheless, so that's that's so this was my thing, and I I wrap up on this. So I get the calls, and I will sit there and say, I'll say, so I get there three o'clock in the morning. Mom beating up, so I'm you know getting information. Go in the apartment. Kids are up, watching TV, three fucking clock in the morning, I, or not or knocked out. But here's the point: either up, where they up now because all the drama. Fully clothed. That's that's what kill me. You fully clothed, yet in about three to four hours, that yeah, teacher yeah. is expecting you, the kid, to show up, fed, rested clean and ready to learn but you have none of those things because mom is trying to get the wood and she forsakes all her responsibilities for this new dude and again and the new dudes just go on the 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 the, the, the beat goes on in terms of the next dude who wanted to be the next sire of the next child god nope <laughs> nobody wants to do this nobody and that's what again that's that was my number one thing and Whoa. i'm like that that's what that's what really pricked my heart. I'm like these kids don't even have a chance. So so somebody blowing me up. Um, so listen. So when um no 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 you good. Um, so check this out. So I was in Atlanta one day with uh um with my wife. This is about two years ago, and we were in um a fish local. I don't know where some little independent fish fish store fish shop, and there was a chick there. She was pretty decent looking, and she had like a maybe five kids and all did look different so I'm assuming that I don't know the story but all I know is she was pregnant and she had all these kids and she looked throwed you what get, you to mean me, like she looked throwed she looked like she was off like she was mentally off but she was still a, physically she was aesthetically appealing like I mean I thought you know given the normal circumstances it'd be somebody you shot at but you know if you don't see with the whole situation but like I said, she's pregnant, she got these kids. And again, I don't I didn't talk to her and go in detail, but I'm just telling you. I told my I said, wow, this is crazy. So he got this kid, you see, she throw, and I could tell she throw just by her interaction with the kids. So what dude is willing? I don't care what she looks like. I don't care. Look, I look, we all love it. Yeah, it's it's great, it's awesome. But bruh, <laughs> there has to be at some point in time, it can't be just about getting the stuff. It has to be about responsibility. And even if you get the stuff, why are you creating life? You can get the stuff and get on. Why are you making a life that you don't even anyway? So I tell my wife, who what what person would even take time to to impregnate her again? And you see she throw. And you see she throw. So anyway, I know I'm going down a whole no, nother rabbit hole. Good. I mean, but like, my point is this, my point is this, y'all. I have a soapbox for this. A tremendous soapbox for this. What does that mean? I this is the hill I die on. I'm about 
black people in America mm-hmm. need to marry. And, and why? Why? Not, why? Why? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm curious. Because cause I think it's very important that we understand what goes into that. It's not just a piece of paper, not just a... Uh, it, it, it's a bonding thing. It is a, it is, it is, when I, Is like, it a bonding thing or is it an institutional thing? Well, it, like, it's, it's both. You know, I you, don't want to be in an institution. Okay, no. Okay, fine. If you want to go to the institution, Rob, but I'm telling you, this is ex- actually bigger than what man has said about it. It's a bonding thing because it creates that unity and it creates that, 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 that self-sustainable situation that you can branch on from. And what I mean by that is this. I have two sons. My first son is by marriage. My wife was married before she was a, a, a young widow. So he's not my biological, but I've adopted him, so he's mine. And my the one I, I sired. So it's I, my pastor's name on is very, very important to me. And the fact that I tell the, the you know, you there's something to the name that means something to you, that I show you, hey, I've done this, and it's not me. This was done for me, and I'm just past. I'm kicking this can further down the road. This was this, I got this from my parents, who got it from their parents. And I'm just building on this for future generations, and I think it's very important. And again, I look, everybody do do what you do. I I'm saying, if you ask me, I think that is a key to a lot of our woes because it will bring in unity. It will bring in a sense of structure. It will it will bring in uh, responsibility, and it will bring in familiarity. So. That child in that situation, you can come home knowing, okay, I'm going to come home, I'm going to get on my work, I'm going to get on my goal, whatever it is, and I'm going to further that, and I have that support base there to make that happen. I got the environment there. We all see weeds growing between uh, concrete cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So those weeds are surviving, but are those weeds thriving? What mm-hmm. is it? What or what is that grass? Let's let's, let's weeds are bad. Let's, let's say grass. Is that grass thriving? The ideal setting for that grass would be good, rich, fertile soil that's water intended to. Sure. Now, the, the grass can still grow between the cracks and survive, mm-hmm. but what is the best setting for that grass to thrive? I submit to you and whomever else will listen that if we create the setting by which we can grow this next generation and grow these kids up, not to say everybody's going to come out on top, but you've at least nurtured the environment and create created the structure by which they can. And that's just my thing. So that's all I mean by that. That's the that's the hill I'm dying on, the marriage hill I'm dying on for us. Mm. And again, not that I don't care about others, but I care about us. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast will be right back after the break. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Hey everyone, I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with a Black Effect podcast network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you say to people who, say, who point to <clears throat> the high divorce rate between not just black people, but all people in the United States Agreed. as evidence that marriage is a lost cause. I completely Damn. disagree with that. I completely, I mean, I know people say that and I've heard it as well. And it, I know the divorce rate is high and it's a lot of reasons. So I say still go for it, but see, it has to be the reason why you marry. See, it, it, you can't just marry to marry. You can't marry because she got the big butt or he got the nice car or you want to, yeah, you got to marry. That's what I'm getting to. Right, right, right. That's where I'm at too. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people get married because they don't want to see the, the the next person with this woman or with this man. Correct, correct. And I don't give a fuck. Okay, so, so this is my, my two cents. You got to marry the internal person. Don't get me wrong. You can like the packaging, but the packaging comes and goes. Man, suppose she big as hell and got teeth missing and her breath stink. That's are you cool with that as long as you like her personality? Well, no, you. That's the question. I'm, no, no. I'm you can't only personality. <laughs> yeah, but she funny too. Yeah, so much she funny. She smiling, look like a jack o' lantern. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So no, you still got to have. You still got to be attracted to her. Okay. But you can't worry about your boys being attracted to her. You got it. Long as long as she does it for you and like y'all. That. And y'all I like are, that. Right. I like that. And y'all are building something. So here's my little thing. So, in me and my own situation. I was talking to my wife and she thought about to propose to her and for Christmas and I didn't. And at that point, I didn't find this out till later. She said, when you didn't propose me, cause I took her to meet my parents. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I'm like old school beaver cleavers, you know, the black beaver cleaver. I'm like, you know, meet the parents, you know, get the blessing, that type of stuff. So we went to see my parents and, and she just knew she wouldn't come back with a ring and all her coworkers, girl, you get a ring? She's like, nope. So at that point, she, she, I was on the clock, but I didn't know it. So I ended up proposing a couple months later because I was doing it on my time. I wouldn't try and do it like some traditional stuff. So anyway, the point is, I believe... I believe it's imperative that yeah, you got to be attracted to her. But long as y'all are building something together, so like look, a building is that is that is that is that money? Is that wealth? Is that it's what is everything? That? It's all of the above. It's funny you say it. it's every category. So y'all okay. know Dave Ramsey, right? I don't. 
They ran Willie the, probably do. Willie know everybody. Willie is friends with everybody. No, well, not, no, he is. He's okay. friends with everybody. Okay. He's a he's a financial guy out of Nashville, Tennessee. Old okay. white dude. He he he. Check him out. DaveRams.com. He talks about anyway. So he talks about these four categories, and I'm hook, line, sinker, soul. He says if for a marriage, talking about marriage and your rationale for hooking up with somebody, he said for a marriage to work, mm. if you can get on the same page with these four categories, this will be your path to success not every single instance but mm-hmm. this is if you if you get on these four categories usually usually uh set your faith your finances sex and child rearing so those four categories not in that order but you know for that order for those who faith your money your, your sex you know how y'all get down and your child rearing you might be a spanker she might not be a spanker whatever but the point is, if you can get on the same page of those categories, you have a high percentage of making it. I was so, froze on the sex part. <laughs> so back to your question about the divorce rate. I know, I know things are crazy with divorce because we live in this social media world and you have, you have a lot of different information coming in and different stimuli. So you, you it dilutes the message. Right. But y'all know who Frances Crest Wilson is. Y'all remember her, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. There you go. All right. all right. So I'm a big, big, big mm. Francis Crest Wilson. I just met this dude the other day telling her telling him about the ISIS papers. So mm. Francis Crest Wilson used to say, she said, Don't marry till you're 30. And she said, in the meantime, you know, get yourself on, get your, your career. Well, don't marry until you're at least 30. At least 30. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Until you're right, at least 30. Yeah. Correct. And she said, you know, get yourself, you know, all the fellas get you silly inside of you, get all sow your oats. But get your career on. She get her career on. So by the time y'all come together, you're mature. And when she talking about mature, she's talking about us. You know, we, we're way behind the females in terms of- Light years behind. Light years. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. I, I'm two years old my wife, but I'm four years younger than her. Because, you know, she just she's running ahead of me. No, yeah. So so the point is, <laughs> she, talk, she talks about that. And I've also ascribed to that notion that, yeah, you got to be about something. And so I know- it's fifty percent uh, divorce rate, but I think people get married because you heard she can really blow. Come on, <laughs> she heard she heard you got a big one. Come on, well, it's just nonsense. I mean, nothing, nothing based on meaningful things. You got to marry the person, so yeah, she can be big, or whatever. But yeah, if you got to look in the side. Yeah, but one of them titties might be bigger than the other. I can't do nothing. I can't do nothing with that. Let, let, let's let, let, let's switch gears. Let's, let, let's switch gears. That's a whole other rabbit hole. Just, you you a moment ago I'm you t- you talked about you talked about the, your career path. Yeah. Uh, now, considering the murky relationship that the inner city communities have with law enforcement, do you feel any type of responsibility to merge that gap? Oh, without doubt. Especially without doubt. with the youth that, that, and as a black man. Complete. That's what I'm saying. Listen, that's what I told you. That's why I got into this in the first place, police in the first place. So I've, it's funny you mention that. So APO, Afro-American Police Officer League, that's our brand. That's what, that's what we do. I that, love that, it. That, listen, that How is what we- How many members do you have? 700. Yeah. And growing. Nice. So, so, okay, so back in the day, and I'm, again, a whole other tangent, back in the day- Black officers weren't allowed to do their thing. They they really squashed. What, what do you mean, do their to thing? To have a union or have any uh-huh, type of organized uh-huh. group. Oh, so again, May Walker and the uh, founders of APO, Afro American Police Officer League, this is like seventy four into seventy five because the organization started seventy five. Finally got this union formed and you know did their thing because you know just things were foul you know across the board for, for officers. Sure. Yeah, right. So so started this deal. So now it's grown to like I said, this membership. And we have white. We have Asian, we have Latin members because we're all about community. So back to your question, 
Yeah, there's you won't believe the number of officers. See, people be like, oh, you um Oh, that, <laughs> John Cricket officer. I mean yeah, that yeah. that's that's there's a contention to that, but the vast majority of officers are down for they they're not lost with who they are. They know exactly who they are and they understand why they're there. And you trust me, you want the officer, that officer in that scene because that officer changes the dynamic of how things go when they're present. Why? Riddle me this. <clears throat> so you have a predominantly black neighborhood, right? Let's just say an all black neighborhood. And you have um, white officers controlling or patrolling in this area. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that draws uh, uh, uh that's that's like that's like oil and water, right? Completely. So so go ahead. You, you, why, why don't why are we not responsible as black people to police our own area? Okay. You know, great. we speak the same language. You know, you 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 have you have compassion toward us as you know, somebody else would not have no compassion toward us whatsoever. Clearly. We still we just little niggas to them. Clearly. With the ER. So 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 in answer to your question. So there's a contingency of people who want to go and police white officers who want to go to the neighborhood because they feel like they can just do whatever. Let me give you a prime example. 92. Uh-huh. I came on. The dude I used to ride with, um, we, we by chance live in the same neighborhood, and we found that out like first week, so we started um, carpooling together. His his brother worked in Northeast. Brooks, last name Brooks. His brother worked in Northeast. He said, yeah. So my brother said, he said, man, I can't wait to get on uh, North Town, go work night shift. And I'll be like, I'm walking in. That's corner. what the action is. Oh, he said, yeah. he walked with me by the corner. Come here, motherfucker. And grab my throat. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So I'm like, I'm not going Northeast. I didn't want to even get down like that. And I'm like, mm. so, so there's a contingent of, of people. Was this who, a white cop? Or yes. Black yes. Cop? Really? Who, yes. Who, 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 yeah. who, because his brother was already there and he's telling him this is how you get down. So there's a part of individuals who want to come. And Cuba talked about this a long time ago. You know, you know, do your eight hours and hit the showers. Come here and police this group this certain way and they get mm-hmm. on. Unfortunately, you have officers of color who also ascribe to that notion because they're trying to assimilate. Yeah. But be accepted. Right. But again, that's True. a small minority. They're individuals. You, yeah, you should have individuals who look like you because you can relate. See, when you have your officer coming from Iowa and you're like the third blast person he's had his dealings with, he's not going to know anything. And his he, and there's no compassion. Like you talk about compassion. He can't see himself in you or your nephew or your little brother or the little. That's not his mama. That's not his dad. There you go. And that's not saying, I'm not saying you language. can't fairly please. No, there are, listen, I just told you, I just, I was a sergeant. I was a patrol sergeant. So I had, and I worked uh, um, Acres Home. Dang. Like 14, uh, 16, 15, 14, 15, 16. So I had all white officers and maybe one Hispanic officer. Shh. No issues. I'll show up on scene. And not because I'm showing up on scene. They just they just did things right. They just hmm. did things right. And I'm like, I, I, man, they they handled their business. I wrote them up accordingly because they handled their business. They police fairly. Body-worn cameras came out. So we review everybody's body-worn camera. You have a squad. So you're as a sergeant, you have you know, so many officers up under you. You're required to review their body-worn camera every month. So you see what they do. Now, granted, you, you might miss the one they acted crazy on, but you get a feel for them. You give them a little JPR, little ratings, and you see how they do. And you just go to a couple of scenes and see how they interact. Again, nothing is foolproof, y'all. But the bottom line is you're going to just have to get individuals to understand treat people the way 
they should be treated. It's not just treat people, just do what's right. And I let me throw this in since we're talking. And this is this is a I have a thousand sayings, but this is one of them. White is not right. Right is right. Mm. People think, oh, that's you doing it this way, and just that's a white man's way. So early on, when I my early days at South Park, they, you know, I got a couple of Uncle Toms, and it bothered me. Oh, it was just I, I would lose sleep. It bothered me incessantly. I'm like, why am I Uncle Tom up here trying to? And I, so then I, this is my little comeback. I devised. I said, okay. So I said, okay. So I, why am I Uncle Tom? Yeah, because you down here arresting so and so, so and so for whatever. So I said, check this out, man. All black world. Everybody black. Is what you did a crime? Is that an offense against somebody? You stealing, you beating somebody up, you doing? Is that a crime? Yeah, it is a crime. Shut the fuck up then. This this is about what's, well, it's about right. And everybody across the board ascribes righteousness to white. Nobody's cornered the market on righteousness. No group has a cornered the market on righteousness. Now, if you want to split some groups, Let's split the group of those who want to do right and those who will commit to doing wrong. If you mm-hmm. want to split some groups, sure. but across the board, you got individuals who who want to help. And you got individuals who want to tear down. So you know that's that's the war going on. That's not the it ain't no race war. Ain't no it's the, it's about individuals who want to do right. So when back to your initial question and your point, when you come to police, first of all, you got to be a special breed to even want to do this because it's kind of crazy. Remember gunshots? We running towards gunshots. People, everybody's running away from it. Mm. We're trying to get to the bottom. And so a lot of times we get cooperation for the public. Sometimes we don't. But we're still willing to get out there and put our life on the line for people who don't even know. And that's crazy because, again, I didn't grow up wanting to do this. And like I wanted to do this, it's just, you know, it, it, it happened. So you got to be a person who wants to help, but you got to want to help everybody fairly. You can't just want to help one particular group or one social and economic group or one. No, you got to be across the board. So... You know, extra jobs. I also work extra jobs. So I worked to work at AMC at Willowbrook. And I had some um, some skinheads Mm-mm. come in. And this is horrible, but it's true. So I had, like, it was two chicks and a dude. And they had, like, some crazy shirts on. And the church, the, the, the one female shirt was, like, a black T-shirt and had the Europeanized Christ, you know, the European version of Christ, like, laid back, like, almost in the tomb on some rocks. And had a nun kneeling in front of him. So you see the back of the nun, and he's laid back almost like she's performing. Mm-hmm. And then on the back, on the back, now it's front of the shirt, offensive as it is. Mm-hmm. Then on the back of the shirt, it said, Jesus was a cunt. C-U-N-T. You know, you know everybody, that's a, oh, I yeah. guess a big, no, no word. So people come to me, white, black, Puerto Rican come to me. Oh, so, so, just, so I had to go talk to them. Now, they, they don't like me. And they ready to jump on them. But I'm still, I can't be like, oh, you don't like, I can't, no, I when I signed, took this off, I took this off for everybody. So I got to provide the same protection to you that I do to everybody else, regardless of how you, your ideology. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, got them out of there safely. But the point is, it's not about what someone thinks. It's about when I sign up for this, I got to be fair to everybody. Mm-hmm. So any officer, white, black, Puerto Rican, Asian, Latino, whomever, and I don't care what, what side of plate you bat from. If you out here to help, then damn help. But how do you reconcile being a black man in America and working for an organization that was founded to hunt, intimidate, Mm. destroy, diminish, subjugate black people? 
Good question. So um, obviously, slave patrols. Yeah, that's how police started. Right, we get that. Patrol. Right. So understood. I mean, I'm saying that I have known that for a long time. Bottom line is, you got to get in it to mix it to mix it up and make that difference. You know, we can be on the outside and be like rah rah rah, or we can get in and change the culture. And again, if going back to what you're saying, if if that's the case, then if you never get in. Is gonna remain all white, mm-hmm. and you never get you get the guy from Iowa and Idaho coming to police who can't relate versus you getting in. So you know that classic beat of change you want to see. Mm-hmm. Well, to your point, you know back in the day in New York, the Irish people used to be uh, abused all the time by police officers. Correct, correct. They yeah, were abused. The Irish really. community was, and even the Italian community was abused by police. They were scum. You know, correct, they, correct. they were degenerates. No dogs or Irish allowed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the signs. Exactly, exactly. And what yeah. they did is that they started becoming police officers. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that once they overtook these departments, they started doing the exact same thing to the next class of people who they viewed as a lower class. They started murdering and correct. robbing and planting cases mm-hmm, and extorting. They started, and that's where we are right now in New York. New York, NYPD is one of the worst police forces on the planet, not just the United States of America, but the planet. Agreed. Uh, there are rings of, of there are prostitution rings, narcotics rings, all these things within the NYPD. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you're in Houston, but I'm, you know, undoubtedly. I'm sure they are. Right, because they it's are. just yeah. just numbers alone. Simple, fourth largest city, soon to be third. So, in answer your question, again, I say to you, what's your motivation for getting into this? Do you really want to help? If you really want to help, it, again, it's a calling. It's, it's, it's above, it ain't about the money. It, you got to really want to get out there and help somebody and do the right thing. And not every single person going to do the right thing. I have classmates who have been arrested. I had a classmate who took his own life because he was out there doing foul stuff. Um, they're my academy classmate. Um, all things happen. But if you're in this for the right reason and you stay true to your your why. So, so before I retired, I would go on occasion talk to some of the academy classes. And one of my, another saying is, my underlying message is, remember your why. You know, and this is even for old heads. Why'd you get into this? You know, when you were green and idealistic, why'd you say you want to do this? And they even ask those kids now, when I, you know, we'll go to talk to cadets. Why? Oh, I want to make a difference. Oh, I want to be a change. Okay, well, you got to keep that as your carrot, you know, in front of you because you're going to come across opportunities to do all kind of stuff illegal. You're going to come across bribery. You're going to come across, uh, back to my rookie year, I was in 13th District and remember Jump Out Boys, obviously. Obviously. So, <laughs> well, I mean to say that because, you know, I remember, understand this. Yeah. Listen, this is new to, all this stuff's new to me because I'm not from here. So mm-hmm. all these terms and stuff, okay. Yeah. Again, I know what the council was. So anyway, so Jump Out Boys, we're going to go do it doing 13th District right across the street, you know, right across on Makawa, East of Makawa. And they need a mark unit to go. So I'm the, I'm the mark unit's chosen. So they go and kick the door, get my man down, young brother, his mom in there, hooked him up. They're like, rookie. Stay here and watch this room. And I'm in this bedroom with, I, I, I can't tell you how much money. A lot. A lot. And I'm there to guard the money. And I did. But um, the whole deal is, I never thought once about, oh, let me get some of this money. That's not, how, that's not why I got into this. You know, jumping subjects, the police department 
if for those who were interested, they want to know if you have good credit. And I didn't understand why they thought that was, I, why would you want, what, what difference does it make? And it makes a difference because your credit speaks of your integrity. Huh. It speaks of, if you know you owe, are you willing to pay? Or are you going to default on it? So, yeah. so that's the litmus test in and of itself. But I didn't understand that coming in. Yeah. So you'll have opportunities to do crazy stuff. And if you choose to do it, you that's a, you ain't no coming back. That's that's that. You know, you ain't going to Jedi, right? You're going to Sith route. You know, you're going you're going the dark side route because once you do it, you caught. You, you it gets good to you. Remember Drew Peterson, that officer up in Ohio, killed all his wives yeah. and stuff. Okay, you start doing stuff, you just start doing crazy stuff, and you never. When do you turn it off? So the ideal is try to never ever be corrupted. Try never ever don't let the temptation of money or whatever or girls or whatever your thing is. I don't whatever your thing is. Understand your why. Because if you understand your why, you'll stay resolute. Look, look, I can tell you a thousand stories, like I said, but here's two quick. I've been at a movie theater, minding my business, off duty, doing my thing. About four times over my years, dudes coming to me. Hey man, what's up? I'm like, hey, what's up? Yeah, you remember me? You smiling. I'm like, nah. He's like, man, you arrest me back in so-and-so. He, he, he's telling me I arrest him with a smile. Ask me why. Why? Because I didn't you're respectful. Exactly. Look, look, I get it. You do what you do, but it's not personal. When well, I was a sergeant, personal man, when you put me in jail, son, I'm fucking mad now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, he definitely was advocate over here. Listen, 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 real talk. So, my child told us that uh, I was at Acres Home, so night shift also, six district, so six feet one. All those officers I told you about, those young young officers. Mm -hmm. So I would show them this clip, and, and y'all can watch it later on. It's an old, um, it's not Bugs Bunny, but during that era, it's like it's like offshoot. It's like, it's Sam the Sheepdog and Ralph the Coyote. And it's basically, they meet at the beginning of the cartoon and they, they punch a clock. They literally punch a clock and the sheepdog get on guard and the coyote starts stealing sheep. And they spend time and he steals something, he catch him, beat him up. And one at one point he got him about to blast him and they, the lunch whistle blows. So he stopped, go eat lunch together. Then they go resume, whistle blow again, he go resumes the thing yeah, and he beats him up. And, right. and then at the end of the day, he says, see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. See tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I show a lot of, I didn't always show, but I would show some of my young officers who were just coming out that video to say, look, dude, it's not personal. So you can't take it personally. This dude is doing a crime. You put him in jail and he does his time and you, and you get on. It's not your job to judge, jury, executioner. You do your job, get him to the jail, let the court and play it out. And that's it. Don't take it so personally that you feel like, oh, you, how dare you on me? They want to be the judge, the jury, and the execution. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, 
Participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating While Broke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, I am so excited. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with a Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit, Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You won't want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill of your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com forward slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is one thing that I wanted to... Uh say say i want to make sure that i speak on i heard you moments ago talk about how this cop that may be from iowa who cannot relate to people in the black community uh may commit transgressions against them because he can't relate to them and he don't feel anything he don't see his brother his his himself his, in those his, his, himself or whatever yeah in, in in these situations or with these people now the reason why, and I understand that. I do understand that's part of the reason, but the greater reason is because they're not being held accountable. You see, because you can flip the strip and, uh, script and say, well, why don't black officers do the same thing? I see black officers patrolling white neighborhoods all the time and black officers aren't jumping out killing white folks. That's black true. folks are not black folk. Black black officers are not abusing white folks and stretching their authority because they know they're going to be penalized. They know they're going to be punished. They're and not, they're not and, even in on that tip. But I'm saying even if they were on that tip, retribution keeps them in order. The, the imminent retribution correct, correct. keeps them in order. And these white cops are not in order because there is not imminent re retribution. And so a lot of these cops are out here doing what they're doing because they know that they're not going to be consequences. And even if there are, there's a good chance that they're going to be 
uh, exonerated yeah. at some point because they got this strong union. Well, it's not so much unions. It's, it's just good old boy. I mean, union, yeah, that's part of it too, but really it's the good old boy thing. They got it's the it, union, they a, got the prosecutor, they got the judge, they got a whole lot of th things going on that, that allows them to continue their emboldens behavior. Emboldens them. Uh, uh, right. Emboldens them. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's that's a fact. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate and you would think that the buckaroo system is, is, is going as way the dinosaur, but it hasn't. But again, understand this. As time goes on, things is changing. It's a slow process, but again, stay the course. You know, it, I'm not with the slow progress this process, though. You know why? Because when white folks in this country want something, they get it. Ain't no slow process. Them motherfuckers go straight into that room and write a law. And mm, the next day, mm, that shit's happening. Mm, kind of like Just, the anti-Asian thing. Immediately, we've been tackling Man, they do that shit like years. that, man. I don't want to hear that slow process <laughs> okay, okay, shit. Okay. I don't want to hear his change is slow and all that shit. No, no. What's slow is a motherfucker who don't see what's happening. Mm. That's slow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when we talk about, uh, when we talk about, um, um, reform, police mm -hmm, reform. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not like a some type of foreign concept, man. This is this is going back to what you were saying, really treating people how they want to be treated. We don't really need police reform. We need police to fucking conform. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. We, right. You had to read a new, new law. Exactly. We, Just do again. We need these motherfuckers to be held accountable because the laws are already in place. Right. Exactly. Right. They need to be held accountable. They're not being held Why accountable. Why are they not being and, held and, accountable? And, and, and hold on. And let me say this. It's not just... It's not just their superiors who are not holding them accountable. It's not just the unions that's not holding them accountable. It's not just the prosecutors. It's not just the judges. It's also your local politicians, your 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 city your city councilmen, even your, in the your neighborhood. State, it's, your societal, reps, it's societal. It's It's your state reps. It's 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 your congressmen and women. It's your presidents. It's all these motherfuckers are in the same game. Agreed. And if they want, they got the power to stop this shit overnight. They can st not over night right now if they Agreed. wanted to Agreed. if they right now said okay we coming after every motherfucker that get out of line every one of you so you racist motherfuckers that cross that line and do that fucked up shit we gonna get you and once it start happening right and, and they the see that shit the happen, out. Exactly. oh they gonna buck at first they gonna buck at yeah. first the union gonna buck well we're not gonna go to work that's what we'll do we won't show up mm. they'll buck at mm -hmm. first mm -hmm. but the moment they start replacing their asses did you and, see? What, did you they, see what they did they to the Blasio? That shit will change like that. Did you but see they're what? not willing to hold them accountable because they're playing politics with people's lives. Clearly, clearly, the police and, force in New York turned their back on De Blasio. Did I you see saw, that? That's shit? what I meant. That's what I meant. That's the type yeah. of shit they'll do. Right. They crazy. got they got too much power. The unions have too much power. They so, got they got too much power. So you know, agree. So here's your deal. So answer your question. So let's go back in time a little bit. And I, I go to Shrine a lot. Well, used to. I haven't gone recently, but Shrine Black Madonna. And I would go to those free classes they had there, and they talked about this incessantly. Incessantly. <laughs> so they would say, you know, back in the day, the government had a choice. Either start investing money and resources into the community or let it go to the way, it go, the way they, you see it went with the drugs and just turn it, let it, let whatever happens happen. And you see the decision that was made, and we're still in that flux of that decision being that was made years ago and what mm. you see now is just a manifestation of what decision made 
late 60s, early 70s into as we speak now. And it continues to be made. So, so it goes back to that accountability thing. And I hate this. I hate this because, okay, so again, I'm 55. I, I, I'm voting both of y'all, right? No, we, we're in the same. Spot. Yeah, you older than me. Both of y'all older than me. He's I'm 55. When's your birthday? It's September. September. Yeah, yeah he's okay. older than September you, Willie. September what? 21st. Okay, he you got me by a month and a half. Okay, all right, cool. So here's my <laughs> point. Here's my point. So so remember Donahue? Yeah. So Donahue, you know, pre-Oprah days, it was Donahue. Mm-hmm. So Donahue had um, somebody on, and maybe it was Farrakhan. I don't know who it was, but the point is this. Donahue had somebody on, and a white lady got up, and she said, and I, think I, I was violence. a teenager. I think I hear violence. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not that, not that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, not that, that clip. Okay. That, that's funny they say that because I know that too. Mm-hmm. So um, she says, she says, yeah, um, you get yourself out of the situation. She she was spitting so much venom. She got up and she's like, yeah, you get yourself out of the situation. And I'm a teenager at the time, and I just I, I feel like crying. Like, what? Get myself. You you have created a situation. Now. Get ourselves out. You asking to? I just thought that was such a hard line to take. But unfortunately, that's what we've been told. America told us, get yourself out of the situation. So it goes back to, let's get back on my horse. That goes back to this. That goes back to us doing what's right. And I think, and again, this is, I could be outside my neck on this one, but I don't think I am. I think if we start doing our thing, and I'm not saying let, look, we got to do our thing too. We, we got some skin in the game too, because it is our own futures. It doesn't matter what others are doing. If we start at home, if we just keep it at home with how we handle ourselves, I can't step on your shoe and you want to shoot me or you. Uh, it can't be that. I can't. I can't want to. Uh, it has to be bigger than that. My my love, <laughs> my love for you has to be way greater than some affront you did to me. So side note to the side note. Personally, and I don't know y'all stories. I let a lot of shit ride over the years. On and off, because I'm like uh, bigger fish to fight. I'm bigger fish to fry and bigger fight to go at. Mm-hmm. I don't that little incidental stuff on the race tip. Uh, I'm talking within the race. I let a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, whatever. Because I'm not trying to fight you, bro. We got. I'm trying to build some community. I'm trying. I want some family and some structure and some guidance and a, a sense of community where people actually care. You know. Again, I can go all over the map on this. George Floyd. Let's jump here. Let's go. Let's go here. This is this is so so. Y'all know the deal happened in twenty, like Memorial Day twenty when he got killed, right, right, right there in front of everybody. So you know, he had they had a funeral form in Minnesota, and then like July June 9th, they had a funeral form here. Okay. So I'm working at Cass's my extra job, the one on the original one on Westheimer, and um, pandemic's on, but you know. Family is still kind of fresh, so we still letting people in. It wasn't no like stop people at the door. So the lobby's full, and there's a dude in there. He's wearing. I remember he. I knew he wasn't. I, he just looked like he was out of town. He had Los Angeles, Los Angeles zippers instead of clippers, like zippers. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just remember that shirt stood out. And he's with a girl, real bad girl, super bad girl, like super bad. And he like, yeah. He just like made a spectacle of himself. And he's messing with this other brother in line. And I'm like, I'm watching up there, and, and then I'm, I'm watching further, and then he like started almost getting on the dude. And the, the other dude had a pregnant girl with him. I go like, hey man, I say, hey, hey, uh, hey, why don't you calm down? And I ask him to step outside. He goes outside, and he's with a crew, and they were like, they were, uh, I, I already seen him in the parking lot earlier, like maybe 12 deep. Anyway, so we going back and forth, 
And now I'm like, hey, man, you know, you need to calm down. He getting agitated about like he want to get that to do. He like looking over me, taller than me. <laughs> he looking over me. And I'm, I'm like, hey, man, calm down. And he slaps my hand. Uh-huh. And the dude with him, his, the dude's name was Trey. Because I even I ended up writing, a, I even journaled about this. I, call, I called it The Trouble with Trey based on The Trouble with Tribbles with Star Trek. Anyway, yeah. so I put, because I thought it was so troubling that, <laughs> that this dude, now this is the week of George Floyd's funeral here in Houston. So this is a Friday before. So like the funeral was like on the ninth or whatever, that Tuesday or Wednesday. So this is the Friday right before this. So everybody knows George Floyd's funeral about to be in this week. So this dude slapped my hand away and the dude with him, who said, the dude said he was his cousin named Quincy, these actual names. He said, what are you doing? He said, Trey, what are you doing? And Quincy grabbed Trey and tried to shove him back towards the parking lot. And I let that ride. Now, why did I let it ride? Bro, this is the week of George Floyd's funeral. I'd be damned if I don't get into some officer on blackmail confrontation the week of George Floyd's funeral. And then I told you 12 deep and then me getting some skirmish and the officer assistant. This thing could have snowballed into who knows what if I was like, hey, Respect my authority. I mean, I let it ride. I let it ride because I thought, mm, big picture, this could go working. sideways quick. real quick. And for what? This dude clearly was out of his head, zoned up, doing whatever he had in the system. So he, he was at the restaurant. So that was it. Lo and behold, and I'll wrap it up. Lo and behold, after he's out, some other dude come in and give me, I'm talking about some meme mugging. So I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, and he like, <laughs> he was part of the group. And I said, are you looking for your boy? I said, yeah, he's not in here. And me, me and him get into some conversation. And I'm like, do you want to do you want to eat here or do you want to leave? And, I, I, and I'm like, listen, bruh, I ain't trying to go this route, but bruh, we still got to have order. We still got to have structure. Your boy was fouled. The other dude removed him. Thank God for that. But we ain't trying to linger this on. And they ended up leaving. Nothing became of it. I never had to call for units or nothing like that. But my point is, just think if... That slap of my hand would have turned into me and him scuffling and me and him fighting and then them jumping in and weapons draw. For what? This is the week of George Floyd's funeral in Houston. For what? So I don't know if yeah. that, I'm, I'm sure I'm way off on a tangent, but does that make sense what I'm saying? It, it does make sense. And, and, and if more officers had your type of mentality, especially white police officers. And by the way, let me say this right now. Damn. I, I believe I, I believe that white police officers should not police in in, in the United States of America because they're, they're too biased. No, I'm I'm serious. They're they're the ones doing all this killing. The white police, right though. The white police officers are the ones doing all this killing. Killing so, the black men. So they should be. So they should, a lot of so white, white officers. Police, these white police officers should be profiled just like they profile Middle Easterners and thinking everybody gonna blow up something. It, totally vet them to make sure that they ain't got it in them. You know, they really need to be checked hard. I, I know we got to go, I, I, but I got, oh, I got a couple, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. cu- I got a couple more questions I yeah. really want to ask you real quick. I need to, first of all, get your thoughts on the young thug and Ghana situation where they've, uh, they've been brought up on Rico, Rico charges. charges yeah. uh, what's your thought about these oh, rappers? No, I'm, not, I'm not, see, I'm, yeah, well, bring me up to speed. Well, just just what what Young Thug and and Rico, uh, I mean, Young Thug and, uh, and and Ghana was brought up on Rico charges uh, along with several other members of their uh, their camp. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then there's other rappers around the country that have been brought up on Rico charges because they're closely affiliated to the streets. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas they may not even have anything to do with it, but they're being accused because. They hanging out with these guys. They're gotcha. kicking it with these guys, and these guys are 
of being accused of committing crimes. They're getting connected to the RICO Act. Well, you know, what are your thoughts to that and the way that law enforcement uses the RICO Act? That should not be the case, only simply because, I mean, you can't control who you grew up with. You can't control family members if you got them doing whatever. Again, I'm not one. I'm not going to sit up and tell y'all I'm down with people doing foul stuff. I'm not. I just told you I'm up, walk the straight line as best you can. However, I don't want to sit up here and just broad stroke everybody because of your affiliation with whomever. So just because you know somebody or do whatever don't mean you are also doing the same dirt. Mm-hmm. So that is not good at all. Well, they're actually accusing young thug of okaying a hit. Got Damn. Oh, see, like I said, I'm yeah, not going to that's all. a little so, bit different. Yeah, that's, okay, that's, that, that's a little different. Now, they're, they're, they're accusing. I don't, gotcha, I don't gotcha. know if they have any proof of that, but that's what they're they're saying. Uh, before we let you go, man, yeah. what what is it that we can do, society, the people, the community can do to, to forge a better relationship with law enforcement? What? We can do to forge better, better relationship with law enforcement. Specifically black people. I, 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 I know what yeah. you mean, but we, I, I got you. So what we can do is, first of all, is from the officer's point of view and our point of view, stop being adversarial with each other. Officers got to stop being, oh, I'm going to come to this neighborhood and police this way and think I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And individuals got to understand, look, you can't, every officer is not going to be treat you the same way that last officer treated you. And see, that goes back to the whole thing about, hey, you asked me back there. I got to do right by you. And it's not personal. I keep saying it's not personal. You did a crime. I arrested you. You went to jail. You well, came you're back. you suspected of a crime. Well, suspected of a crime. Right, 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 right. Suspected of a crime. So then, let the court system play it out. Good point. Good clarification. Suspected of a crime. I do my deal. Let the court system play it out. If you come back out, you ain't doing no crime or suspected doing no crime, we ain't got no issue. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is, we, black people, let's start being accountable for our actions, just like these also need to be accountable for their actions. Meaning, we don't, everything can't be, oh, because whatever. Let's do the right thing as best we can. Mm. Not I, like I said, I can, I, I, I'm sure you got 14 stories, you got 18 stories about somebody also doing you wrong. I just told you one deal I, earlier about, I'm also getting done wrong by an officer. But the point is, we need to have a sense of community, back to Francis Chris Wilson, sense of community sense of hey we gotta look out for ourselves and you know the panthers back in the day what was that all about that Mm -hmm. was about community policing ourselves protecting our own community because law enforcement in oakland california wasn't doing that so they said we do it ourselves you know guardian angels to some regards up in new york and anywhere else so we had to be accountable for our own actions look out for each other don't let so-and-so who you know be messing less than kids, make it. He can't make it. No. She can't no. make it. That's not cool. You got kids, I got kids. Nobody want, who who wants their child molested? Nobody. Who wants their catalytic converter stolen? No one. Who wants their, uh, you cut me off in traffic and I'll shoot at you now? No one wants that. So we just have to, if you're asking and you, and you are, we have to rewrite, deprogram and reprogram ourselves to have a love for one another and overlook a lot of transgressions that we normally would be fighting on and shooting on and cursing on mm-hmm. and let it ride and look, step back and look at the big picture. And the big picture is we need to be fully, give ourselves every chance to be that blade of grass in that fertile field, not that blade of grass growing between those cracks in the concrete. Mm-hmm. Be that, create that setting where we all can grow up and have this rich field of grass, bunch of blades together, a, a field. Not singular blade, singular blade, singular blade, 
a community of blades making a field of rich uh, grass that is strong and focused on uplift. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that answers the question. That answers the question, man. And that's that's unity and and your and, fo- and your and unity community and your former point, mm-hmm. which is treat people like you want to be treated, man. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, anytime, yeah, yeah, ladies that, and gentlemen. Well, thank y'all. I appreciate Kendall the Cobb, Sergeant Kendall Cobb. Appreciate Kendall Cobb. Bam. <laughs> no more time. This episode was produced by A-King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital, rated R. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.